Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three and author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I'm also the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast devoted to healthy family cooking with traditional methods like sourdough and old-fashioned pickling. These foods are easy, delicious, healing, and your family will love them. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free gift for you. Five free traditional cooking videos from inside Traditional Cooking School that will introduce you to my favorite fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. To start watching today, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash watch. And now, let's get to today's show. Welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy, episode 157. I'm so glad you're joining me today to talk about seven traditional cooking mistakes you might be making, might being the key word. If you are listening to this via iTunes or on YouTube, be sure to hop on over to the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 157, where you will find um, brief notes for what we've been talking about today. And if you're listening on iTunes, want to switch to the video, the video is embedded there and vice versa. So you can check this out in multiple formats. I want to give a warm welcome to my live audience today um, here on Periscope. I'm so glad you've joined me. I hop on here on Thursdays. So uh, if that sounds interesting to you, then watch at Trad Cook School. That's my handle in the future. And you can join us as well if you're a replay viewer. Um, or an iTunes listener later. So I'm so glad you're all here, whether you're live or whether you're coming in later. This is why we do it, to spread the wonderful message of traditional cooking to help families, to help families heal, nourish each other, and just to bring a lot more joy to the family table. Um, As moms, we love to nurture and see our families happy. And it's a win-win for us when we can do that with healthy foods and enjoy the process as well. And that's the beauty of traditional cooking that my family has found, and I'm so thrilled to share with all of you. Hello, hello. I am seeing lots of great comments, um, and I'm actually seeing one that I will block there. Oh, I'm sorry. I blo- <laughs> Yeah, I am going to block you. <laughs> all right. Um, so let's hop into the seven traditional cooking mistakes you might be making, which um, if you are, uh, if you're making them, hopefully you won't. And you know what? This is a series. I need to say this before we go any further, but last week talked about seven fermenting mistakes you might be making. That was episode 156, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 156. The week before that, seven sourdough mistakes you might be making. That was episode 155, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 155. So if you want to go deeper into either of those, please check out those back episodes. Okay, so number one, the first traditional cooking mistake you might be making is thinking you have to make everything all the time. So in traditional cooking, we can soak and sprout and sourdough and have all these ferments going. And you there's so many possibilities with food. And I'm sorry, everybody, we are getting some yucky people in here. Uh, the the, the dangers of doing a live broadcast to the world. <laughs> all right. Um, so you don't have to make everything all the time. Don't even put that burden on yourself. You're going to take it one step at a time and your family has certain needs. And of course, there's the beautiful seasons. Like right now, it's spring. So we have seasonal produce. 
Actually, we don't have a lot here right in Oregon because nobody is planting yet. <laughs> in fact, what happens every year is it gets warm like this and a lot of people rush out and plant their gardens and then it gets cold again and everybody's like, ah, everything died, but that's what happens. So uh, I've learned to wait just till after Mother's Day. Anyway, back to the topic. So you do not have to be making or cooking everything all the time. Um, this is a question I get a lot, like, Wardy, how, how do you keep up with it all? How do you do everything? And my secret is, that's not really a secret, I'm going to tell all of you, and I say it over and over again, is I'm not doing everything all the time. I pick and choose. Um, my family has health issues. We try to eat with the seasons. Um, during the summer, we do light fare or cook outside. In the winter, we're all about soups and broth and breads. And so we change things up depending on what we want to eat and what our health dictates. But I'm not doing everything all the time. In fact, I keep things very, very simple and I have my children help me a lot. Um, so just take heart in that. You don't have to have a million ferments going, just one. If it's just your kombucha or maybe you know, you do another one every couple of days to just get a little variety in, the, in there. So the, the mistake with traditional cooking is to think you have to make everything all the time, and that means you become a slave to these expectations. And I want you to feel liberated and the freedom to not be a slave to it, but to make it work for you. Now, that may take some thinking, like what things should I be doing? So do that and feel the freedom of just pursuing those things. Commenters say, mmm, kom kombucha. Yes, kombucha is yummy. I think that's Jean or Jeannie. So who, who here among the live viewers, um, just give me, a, just give me a, a thumbs up. If you have a thumbs up, ironically. Actually, if there's a thumbs down. Anyway, have you felt overwhelmed thinking you have to make everything all the time before? Just um, as before I move into point number two, <laughs> Amy's giving four thumbs up. And then we've got to the sky deer saying yes. We've got another Amy giving four thumbs up. We've got a whole bunch of thumbs up here and yeses and a thumbs down. <laughs> you caught my, my save there. And some and Jeannie's saying only with sourdough. And then Mama Sue's saying sometimes I do. Well, so in various ways we are all resonating with and I want resonating with this and I want you to know that I have felt it as well. So feel the um, you know, whatever you need. If I need to give you permission, I'm giving you permission <laughs> to uh, take the load off and don't feel like you have to keep up with everything all the time. Do the most important things. Because this is supposed to enrich our lives, not take over our lives. Okay, so number two, thinking it's too complicated or overwhelming, slightly related to number one. But here's the thing, you, not only do you not have to do everything all the time, like we we're talking about in number one, but number two, it doesn't have to be complicated, complex, or overwhelming. It doesn't have to be any of that. I mean, it can be, but it doesn't have to be that way. I am a very simple person. I cultivate simple things and techniques and methods. And I don't do complicated. If it was complicated, I wouldn't be here, you know, all these years later since traditional uh, foods healed our families, of, healed my family of various um, health conditions. So I don't do complicated and nothing has to be complicated. You're going to take it one step at a time. You're going to prioritize what is important for your family and pursue those things. Start there. There is no need to go cold turkey if you're on a standard American diet or there's 
like vestiges of the standard American diet in your house and you need to get off of them. You don't have to do anything um, cold turkey or overwhelming or complicated. The key points here is it doesn't have to be complicated. You cultivate simple things, which we teach a lot at traditional cooking school. You're going to take it one step at a time, and you're going to do the things that make the most sense for your family. So feel the freedom in that, too. Feel the simplicity in that. Sim simple is the opposite of complicated, and that's what we nurture at traditional cooking school with um, our traditional cooking. Does everybody feel better about that? <laughs> the hearts are flowing here, and I appreciate that so much. So give me a thumbs up if that makes you feel better. <laughs> to the Sky Deer says, see. <laughs> yep, says Lola Jeannie. Amy's got a bunch of smiley faces and thumbs up. And Paola's saying, yep, great. More thumbs up, good. I'm so glad. So just rest in that and really, you know, take that in and do it. Okay, number three, uh, um, a traditional cooking mistake you might be making is Thinking it's a lost cause because everything has to be soaked, sprouted, or fermented. You can't do fast food anymore. All right. Well, if you are thinking that, let me burst your bubble right now because um, in traditional foods, not everything has to be soaked, sprouted, or fermented. Our seeds have to be soaked, sprouted, and fermented. You can still do very quick and delicious meals um, that are instant and fast. I'm going to give you some examples here. I have cultivated what I call no-weight sourdough recipes. So if you are keeping up a sourdough starter, there's a handful of recipes you can do on the spot if you have enough sourdough starter. Um, that's, I developed that in knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 106, so go check that out. And if you're a member of Traditional Cooking School or you have our sourdough ebook, there's sourdough recipes in there that can help you with this concept. Another thing is just cultivate and Amy is saying she's going to try the cheese pie tonight great the cheese pie is one of those no weight sourdough recipes where you take your sourdough starter it's your batter and you add your fat and eggs and seasonings um, and baking soda and you pour it over whatever add-ins you have in the bottom of your cast iron skillet it could be sweet or savory and you bake and then it makes this impossible pie and we do it a lot, and it's delicious, and it's easy, and it's a no-weight recipe. I mean, you do have to bake it, but you don't have to soak, sprout, or sour ahead of time because you're taking your sourdough starter that you're already feeding and keeping alive, and you're using that for the recipe. So there's a whole bunch more of that in that podcast 106 I just mentioned. Now, another aspect to this of you can do fast food with traditional cooking are cultivate easy meals. So easy meals would be like eggs, anything to do with eggs, egg salad, scrambled eggs, fried eggs, uh, omelets. You know, you can do so many fast things with eggs. Um, you could have meat and veggie meals. Like, um, there's so many examples of this. One of them that we do a lot is, is called bowls. And we will do um, some kind of meat. So it could be chicken or roast or ground beef. And anyway, it's very easy. I could have made it up ahead of time or I could do it right there. Um, and we're putting it in bowls layered up with toppings. Now, if you did have um, some kind of starches ahead of time, like if you cooked a big batch of rice, and so you have that in the fridge already, all you're doing is reheating it in some fat, and you're putting that in your bowls too. But you can have easy things on hand also, like make up a ton of sourdough English muffins, a triple or quadruple batch, and have those in the freezer. And then you're ha making, you're having toast, or you're doing sandwiches with that. So, 
Um, leftovers are another great thing. <laughs> leftovers make a fantastic easy meal. We had a complete meal for all four of us last night just with leftovers. Um, just odds and ends, and you can combine them, and it's almost like having new dishes. Um, I told my family the other day, actually they knew this already because I tend to repeat this. I don't remember I told them. But growing up, the leftover meal in my family was called goulash. And that's where my mom or dad just took everything that was in the fridge. And of course, it was all savory. It did go together. We didn't like put sweet things in there or desserts. But you just put it all in one pot and you reheat it all together. So you've got noodles and meats and veggies and beans and rice and seasonings. And then if you one is a tomato-based or a creamy-based, that all blends together. And it makes an amazing leftover skillet dish or pot dish, one pot dish. We called it goulash. Well, we do that a lot now. Um, and I, I jokingly tell my family, yeah, we're having, we're having goulash tonight. And I think the official goulash is like noodle meat, like a macaroni, but I'm not sure about that because leftovers for me growing up was called goulash. So that's an easy meal. I told you about the bowls already. Salads. Now, I'm talking veggie salads, but you can make salads with meats. So you can have cold chicken, cold cut up roast. You can have um, wild salmon, canned wild salmon, and you mix it up and you know, get your homemade mayonnaise. Um, by the way, search traditionalcookingschool.com for homemade mayonnaise. I've got a video that shows you how amazingly easy it is to do it. It's even easier than taking a trip to the store to get it. So anyway, mix up your cold meat salad and have that with your English muffins that you've batch cooked before or have it on top of a salad. Speaking of salad, a great meal um, is what we call hamburger salad. And so if you've got warm hamburgers or warm meatballs, and if, if you need to cut them up, you do that, and you put it on top of a salad. So it's a little bit warm, and then you've got the crunchy greens, and if you need to you know, add some starches, you could do toast on the side from your batch cooking, or you could have pre-cooked beans that you're um, adding to the top of your salad. Anyway, um, those are all examples of easy meals that you can do. <laughs> Paola is saying that her dad says whenever they have salad, it's not a meal, <laughs> even if it has all the components. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know some people feel that way. Some people feel that way about soup, too. You could have a big bowl of soup, and you're like, I'm still hungry. <laughs> I don't know exactly what to do about that. Um, you know, it's just an issue you can confront in your family. You know, make it bigger. Um, have something else on the side so that it feels like it's more substantial. It, that's something to play with. Okay, so number four, seven common mistakes. I love that, Amy. Amy's saying her mom says that too. I think it's your mom. What else? <laughs> what else are we having? <laughs> All right, so number four, thinking it's not worth it. Have you heard this? Um, I hear it often. I hear it from people in my own family. Um, but I also read it and see it. I don't know, people don't believe that they will get the gains that they do from changing their diet. Or the other thing is, if you have a health issue and you go to the doctor and they give you an antibiotic or a pill, it's like it takes care of it overnight, right? That's so alluring. Well, it's not the same with traditional cooking. Sure, there are certain things that will go over almost overnight, like me and the GAPS diet and my seasonal allergies were done in three days. And I stayed on the GAPS diet longer than that for more gut healing, but three days it was over for me. Um, with our son, 
and his eczema when he was little, it took four weeks of removing allergens from his diet for his eczema to go away. If you have hormone issues and you're looking into seed cycling or you know certain dietary changes to put your hormones back where they're supposed to be, it doesn't happen overnight. So you ha- when, we, when we come to traditional foods, we can't expect overnight success with our health issues. We can't expect overnight success with picky eaters to enjoy it because they have these taste buds that have been literally addicted to standard American diet. It takes time to transition off. It's like the addict weaning off of it. Um, and then um, also you have to think about, you know, your own skills and your hands and your working. You don't expect to get things right the first time. I don't, I have to practice new things all the time, just like all of us do. Who of us gets things right the first time every time? It's, you know, don't expect that. So don't expect to get well overnight. Don't expect the family to love it overnight. And don't expect to be proficient overnight. It all takes time. So if you fall into the mistake of thinking it's not worth it because it takes time and you don't see anything happening, I encourage you to stick with it. Don't throw in the towel too soon. All right, number five, thinking you have to give up your favorite foods. So what are your favorite foods? Tell me in the comments. Is it a really good hamburger? Is it macaroni and cheese? Is it hot cocoa? Is it beef stroganoff? Is it... um, what are your favorite foods? Mac and cheese, says Paola. Yeah, that's a common one for adults and kids. Jeannie says soups. Amy says fried chicken. Um, Susie, french fries. Yes, I mean, these are common foods. Spaghetti, pizza, ice cream, pizza, anything pasta. Well, guess what? We have traditional food alternatives for all of them. Steak, yes. Um, I would add tacos, cheesecake, um, so many things to this list, and you can make them all with traditional foods. You can make over nearly all your favorite recipes, and I could say 100% of them, (laughs) I think, brownies. You could make over nearly all of them, but I'm gonna say it's 99.999% of them just by using quality whole food ingredients. We have a lot of these recipes right at traditionalcookingschool.com slash recipes for you or inside traditionalcookingschool.com membership. If you're a member, there's even more among the classes and lessons. And, okay, going back to what I just said before, you can make them over. It might take your picky eaters time to adjust, but it's all better too. Once you make the adjustment with your taste buds, they are so much more satisfying, so much more delicious, so much more obviously healthy than the alternative. And we have to give it time, but the possibilities are so exciting for um, all the things that we can make in traditional cooking. So don't make the mistake of thinking that you have to give up your favorite foods. A lot of them can be made over, but you also see that your taste buds and tastes change, so you begin to appreciate other foods. And there may be certain foods that you loved before, like, I don't know, potato chips or store-bought ice cream that doesn't taste good anymore. To me, store-bought ice cream doesn't taste good anymore. All I can taste is sugar. That's all I can taste. And it is way, 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 way too sweet for me. Okay, so number six, we just have two more. Number six is going to be a little bit um, long, I think. I'm going to try it, try to keep it short. Simple HT is saying I call it uh, healthifying. Yes, great. going to try to keep number six shorter because I think it could be a podcast in and of itself. I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, at least I hear that a lot of us struggle with it. So thinking it's hopeless if your spouse isn't on board. Um, 
you can insert mom, dad, picky eater, whatever. <laughs> uh, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, you know, if somebody lives with you and you really care about them and you think it's hopeless because they're not on board. Okay, the first thing I want to say, this is a lesson that I recently learned because we have conflicts um, with our family members and a lot of family members you just cannot walk away from. I mean, we are bonded by blood and obligation and responsibility and hopefully by choice to the people in our lives. Can't walk away from them, but there are conflicts. There's personality differences, there's ethical differences, moral differences. Um, in, and so when we have trouble, the only person we can control is ourselves. So if you're in a conflict with your spouse over what to eat or even anything else this really applies, um, I want to encourage all of you to zip your lips, <laughs> curb your tongue. This is I'm speaking to myself here too, because in the heat of the moment when we're really upset, all kinds of things tumble out. Hurtful, probably not completely truthful, um, probably way off the deep end in representing the reality of the situation. And we're talking about traditional cooking here. And, you know, fights happen over food. <laughs> it, it's sad but true, right? So zip your lips. And I'm going to ask you to be like Mary who pondered these things in her heart. Just pray and wait. I mean, if you need to go over potential dialogues in your head, if you need to write things out and then burn them. But do not act in the heat of the moment. Ponder, wait, ask the Lord what he would have you do. And in a recent situation that I had in a conflict, if I had acted on my first instincts, I would have said things that I would regret forever and would not have been uplifting or helpful to the situation. But instead, I pondered and waited and prayed, and I asked God, what should I say? How should I go about this? I feel like it's important to deal with. Um, but what should I say or should I say it at all? Mama Sue is saying she writes letters and then throws them away. Yes, I mean, many times we do that. I would say like 80% of the time, maybe 99% of the time, we shouldn't even act on it at all. Just get it out and move on, right? But um, so I'm just going to quickly wrap this up by saying that what the Lord shows me is that if I ask for guidance on what should be said and how it should be said, that I may think I'm going to say this, and then he changes it to this. Well, I'm changing it to this because he's telling me that's not the right approach. And maybe five iterations down, I finally land on something that's graceful and loving and honest and is taking the right approach to get through um, to the resolution. Kathy is saying the Lord will help you find the right words. Yes. Amy is saying ignore the small things is the key. Yes. So I'm going to wrap up this this little point I wanted to make by just telling us all to stay, take a step back and ask the Lord's guidance in these situations to know what to say or how to handle them. And that's different for all of us in every situation. Now, I do have more to say about if you're feeling like it's hopeless, if your spouse isn't on board. So dealing particularly about the spouse, your husband is a grown man, or if you're a man listening, talking about your wife, your spouse is their own person. They make their own decisions. You can make healthy choices for yourself. If, um, 
if there's any belittling going on in front of the children or undermining of the efforts with the children in private, you can ask for that not to happen. But you ultimately have to be ready to let the spouse go and make their own choices. You cannot force, nag, or coerce that person. In fact, you want to honor and respect them as a person who's able to make their own choices. You're also not responsible for what your spouse eats. You're not. Let that burden come off your shoulders. Um, you also need to recognize that most people, women included, who really desire to make changes need to do it in slow, gradual ways and that they're not going to want to do it all at once. Also, um, I think I just lost that thought. No, it's coming up again. Um, also, if your spouse decides to go along with you at some point, um, it needs to be their decision. That's the idea behind you cannot force them. Let it be their decision. And the Lord works in mysterious ways. He may work through you. He may work through a coworker or a friend or a health crisis. You don't know how he's going to work. But if that person comes around, it's going to be on their own timing. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody. There's been certain things that my husband wanted in our family, and I'm the one dragging my heels and I finally come around. It's kind of a joke between us. He'll say, I'd really like to do this, but I know I got to give you time because you're, you know, you're going to take more time. And so I'll just wait. <laughs> um, and I, I love, I love what's um, being said in the comments. Thank you so much. Finally, your spouse may never completely give up the foods that you want them to, and you have to be okay with that. You have to have grace and love, which is way more important. I'm not saying that eating healthy food isn't important. I mean, that's what we're about. But it's definitely not important at the risk of a relationship. So tread gracefully and lovingly. All right. That's, see what I mean? That one was uh, lengthy, and that could be a podcast all on itself. But I see the hearts are flowing, and you guys have had really good feedback in the comments. I appreciate that. Number seven, this is our final traditional cooking uh, mistake you might be making. And that is thinking it's going to be too expensive. Okay, honestly, you more likely will spend more money on food this way, but you're going to spend less money at the doctor. You're going to be healthier and have more energy and therefore more productive in your life and more potential. Um, so a lot of those things that are going to get better are priceless, so it's a trade-off. Okay, that's just the honest part of it. Having said that, there are things that you can do to rein in your real food budget. And I had a podcast um, number 141 with eight tips to rein in your real food budget. And we've had additional tips left in the comments there. So be sure to go listen to that because I really went into depth on um, ways to help you rein in your real food budget. So come to the end of the seven traditional cooking mistakes you might be making. As I wrap up, I just want to invite anybody who hasn't already to check out my free video series at traditionalcookingschool.com. Um, it's the link for you is tradcookschool.com slash watch. Paola, it's podcast 141 where you can get those eight tips. So if you go to tradcookschool.com slash watch, you'll actually receive um, five videos from inside traditional cooking school from our very first fundamentals class. It'll give you a taste for what's inside traditional cooking school, but of course there's no obligation to continue. It'll just give you some of these fundamental techniques that I've been mentioning here today that you might want to prioritize and implement in your family one step at a time. Uh, so take advantage of that if you haven't already. And now let's take some questions. So Mama Sue is saying 141 and 106. 141 is the eight tips to rein in your real food budget. 
and scrolling up here, 106 is the no weight sourdough. Yep, so all you have to do is type knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then that number and then you'll go to the show notes and you'll have the audio to listen to as well as any links or whatnot mentioned. Do I have any questions? Got a couple minutes here. I can take a couple questions before we wrap up. And while I'm waiting for you to type, because I know it's hard on those devices, I just want to thank you for the hearts and for listening. And thank you to those of you who are listening later. It's just such a blessing and a privilege to be with you every week here. Okay, well, lots of colorful hearts coming. And I don't see any questions, so I guess we're square. So I'm going to wrap up by just encouraging you to ponder these seven traditional cooking mistakes. And if you're making any of them, if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're being too... Um, complicated with your life or you think it's a lost cause just I want to encourage you to stick with it to simplify to prioritize so that you can make this work for you to bring joy and health back to your family table that's what it's about God bless you and see you all in a week bye-bye thank you so much for joining me today I hope you'll come back again let me tell you what you can do next You can visit the show notes for this episode and get links and more resources about today's topic. Just visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com slash watch to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. It's a gift. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested will find this podcast too. Thank you so much and God bless you.